0: Here we go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tam Jancy. Tim, how excited are you that the Eagles won their first Super Bowl, bud?
1: Honestly, it was just a fantastic game to watch. I'm going to sound a little weird that, honestly, I was hoping for the Patriots to make history, but eh, there's always next year but it's super cool that Philly's got their first Super Bowl. And oh, I honestly, know. it's a so hell good. of a game to watch.
0: I know. I'm not an Eagles fan, nor am I a Patriots fan, but I decided to take the lesser of the two evils. So I'm happy that Philadelphia won.
1: Hmm. Although I think that the Patriots hate has been a little excessive. No, it's not.
0: Let's let's not <laughs> kid ourselves. So let's get right into it. Now, we got to give a couple of shout-outs. In my life, I've got a couple of Eagle fans, so we got to give some shout-outs to Tim. Okay. So, in no particular order, we got to give a shout-out to Dave, formerly Maple Syrup Shots, Ridge, who I have on Twitter, my buddy Trey, and Quinn Hedges, who used to do the music for Maple Syrup Shots. Congratulations, guys, on winning your first Super Bowl. Now you know who I felt four years ago when my team won their first Super Bowl. Nice. Now, Tim... I'm about to do something here on the show that I never thought I would ever have to do in my life. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles!
1: Yeah, I never thought you would do that.
0: I'm dying inside right now. You should be. Yeah.
1: I wonder I if all the Eagle were fans were writing, man.
0: I wonder if they're dying inside a little bit today.
1: Hard to say, although there was some pretty good rioting in Philly last night.
0: Honestly, yeah, I was just watching some of like I'm sure the people in Vancouver are looking at that going, pfft, you call that a riot. Come on, boys, let's take him to school.
1: Oh they stole a police horse.
0: Wait, how do you steal a police horse, Tim?
1: I don't even know how they managed, but they did.
0: Honestly, I think that should just be an L episode all into its own. How did somebody steal a police horse? Fucked if I know Christ we might even be of another featured podcast If that's the case
1: Yeah it'd be like uh, The Hunt for Richard Simmons Except for stolen police horses
0: Hey I would listen to it
1: Yeah Did you listen to the Searching for uh, Richard Simmons
0: I didn't but I remember you telling me about that Last summer and I was like Man I should really check that out And then you and I joked about we We should do our own version in search of Alexander
1: Dagg Mm-hmm. But we found him.
0: That's true. He was at the alumni game.
1: Yeah, you saw it. The Bods got some
0: wheels, man. I can see why they drafted him first.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, if Magnus Piarvi can make the team, maybe Dag can. Yes, he
0: could. <laughs> so one more thing we got to talk about here on the intro I was awoken this morning with about five or six notifications on my phone. Now, generally, when there's five to six notifications on my phone, one of two things has happened. Either somebody has died in the family, or the Ottawa Senators made some headway or news or whatever, and our bot Adam tweeted me like, oh man, you got to check this out. Yep. So, you know the generally for every episode, I get you to hashtag Potter and Family when you yep. quote tweet the episode. So, they have a thing called Hashtag Potter Shuffle, where a whole bunch of podcasts, they throw their name into a pile, and Potter Family picks one, and they feature them for the day. Oh! Would you like to take a guess? Who got chosen for today, Tim?
1: Uh... Gonna guess us.
0: You be right! Hit the music, sir!
1: But... They picked a hell of an episode
0: to feature, though. Oh my god, that was so awesome. I looked at that, and I was like, holy shit, they actually picked us. Yeah, like, but I was like, legitimately humbled. I was like, wow, this is such a cool thing for us.
1: Oh, that's definitely true. Although, it's funny, it's just like... It's the episode where I think we talk the least about the Senators. <laughs> it's true! But maybe that's a good it's thing. It's so <laughs>
0: true! Maybe it was my... Maybe it was me... Channeling my inner Vince McMahon. Maybe that was what got it chosen.
1: Or Tim's tie ball to TTC.
0: Yeah, maybe it was that. I, I don't know. So Tim, 100%. we are going to talk about last week's episode, but before we do that, I was going to ask you how your week was been, but let's be honest. How was your Super Bowl Sunday, bud?
1: It was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I wasn't really rooting for either team. I guess my buddy had some money on the Patriots, but uh, that's about it. But uh, oh, we had great Super Bowl snacks around here.
0: I saw the photo. Now, do you care to share with the audience what your wife Chelsea made for the Super Bowl party?
1: Uh, we had chili pulled pork nachos.
0: That's a solid choice, man.
1: Yeah, and then uh, we also had some, ap- some apple cinnamon popcorn as uh, a later snack for the fourth quarter.
0: Okay, I'm not going to lie.
1: That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I guess the only th- thing we re- it was actually a lucky coincidence because we usually we usually don't buy old old Dutch brand uh, anything, but we got their tortilla chips and uh, we tested it out before going in. Chelsea's like, oh Jesus, these are hella salty.
0: That's like, true. That is true. Actually, old Dutch chips are quite salty, aren't they?
1: Hmm. But uh, it worked out because like the we went with a sweet pull like the pulled pork was a sweet pulled pork and it was uh. I don't salt my chilies heavily. Right. So the saltiness actually supported both flavors quite well.
0: That's awesome, man. I do have to commend Chelsea for doing nachos instead of fries because, let's be honest, Tim, if you've ever ordered, like, chili cheese fries, you know after a while the fries get soggy and you don't want to eat that.
1: Oh, for sure. But with
0: nachos, though, because the chips have the density to them, that really holds all the moisture, and they last much longer than...
1: Mm-hmm. Would. Although there was a pub that I used to go to in Ottawa before it closed down called the Celtic Cross. Uh, that was r- right near where your uh, hotel was. Oh, right on Elgin or Mac- McLaren? Well, it was on uh, Somerset. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was on Somerset between Elgin and Bank uh, uh, in the okay. village.
0: Yeah, I think there's a pub there now. It's like... Union. Is it Union?
1: Union has been there forever.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, because when I was there, I noticed a couple of uh, Catholic bars that had, like, the crosses and crap mm-hmm. like that. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I kept walking. Yeah. Although uh, they I did really see... really good butter chicken fries. Actually, you know what, Tim? I did see El Camino's, and I'm still kicking myself. I didn't go there.
1: Uh, El Camino in the market or El Camino uh, further down Elgin?
0: Further down Elgin.
1: It was actually funny story. Uh, when I was last in Ottawa for work, uh, a bunch of us were going to meet up afterwards at El Camino. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had specif- I'd specified the market, but my two of my friends had, at two of my work colleagues had ended up at the El Camino Del Helken. <laughs> That's funny. The one in the market was good. It wasn't wasn't the best Mexican food I've ever had, but it was solid. Okay. But uh. You could definitely tell what their stronger items were and what their weaker items were.
0: Okay. Have you ever tried delicados here on the island?
1: Delicados? Is that Victoria?
0: Yeah, there's one in Victoria and there's one in
1: Nanaimo, I believe. I might have.
0: Actually, their Mexican food is actually quite solid, too.
1: Yeah, there's like a La eat in uh, Victoria and Langford now that's quite good. And then Gina's, it I guess, is w- fairly well known. Never been to Genus. It's in Nanaimo. Hmm.
0: No, I've never yeah, been. Yeah, we there. used to
1: go there all the time, uh, with my family. Because oh, we've got an aunt and uncle that lives up in uh, Nanaimo as well.
0: Oh, okay. What part of Nanaimo?
1: Uh they live on the north side.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So like by uh Hammond Bay?
0: Right, yeah, okay. I'm not I don't want to say I'm super familiar with Nanaimo, but I sort of have an idea
1: where that is. Yeah, so it's, like, uh, east of Rutherford Mall.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, now I know
1: where it is. Yeah, I don't really have the best idea of Nanaimo geography, which is oddly a problem in my line of work because I run into all of these people who, who like, went to school or were born in Nanaimo, like, just randomly across the prairies. Really? Really? Yeah, I don't well, I know guess why.
0: I guess a lot of them work are either working for big companies or working on their rigs nowadays. Well, it's a lot of.
1: Well, rig rig hiring's gone down quite a bit.
0: It's yeah. coming back a bit, but yeah, okay, I, I do I guess with the the oil prices, right? That
1: yeah, but you have to remember that I'm talking mostly with like realtors, home builders, and uh, city governments.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And like the Nanaimo folks are mostly in like the small town city governments. Like, uh, there's like a. Woman about my age uh, working for City of Grand Prairie. Uh, another person working for uh, Fort McMurray. Sorry, uh, Wood bubble the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo. I think I met another Nanaimo person while I was working doing some work up in uh, the Northwest Territories. Crazy. Yeah. Spread your wings and you will fly. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a motto to live by, bud.
1: Yeah. Well, I've taken it to heart.
0: (laughs) I I can definitely tell, Tim. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about my week, but uh, it was, I think I mentioned this last week, we had Spirit Week at school. So the last few days we've had a couple of basketball tournaments that I had to set up and refresh and all that shit over at the Sportsplex. So the one story I'm going to tell was that what day was it was it Thursday or Friday I can't remember it was one of those days and so I had to take the van with the um sandwiches and juice and crap over there to refresh it and so I couldn't find any of the carts so I got this big fucking gray cart that we had in the janitor's room I call it tank because it's absolutely huge and getting it into the van to give you an example our work van is one of those I think it's a. no I guess at the Astros are they Ford or Chevy's the Astro vans. Uh, sh- are they Chevys? I, Any, anyway, I whatever they what are. Truck, it is, yeah. Yeah. So trying to get the cart in there, it's so tall it barely fits into the back of the van. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So and I put I had all the crap in there. Now I was smart. I put the juice on the bottom so it wouldn't follow her. And so I'm coming up the little road where we are. And I'm taking a right to go towards the sportsplex. And it goes from uphill to downhill. And I can see in the rearview mirror, it the cart is sliding. So I reach back and grab it. As Soon as I grabbed it, the juice tipped over and went all over the carpet in the van.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: And, oh, fuck, I was so mad. I was just like, fuck, I put so much effort and time into this. And now it's all over the floor. And I got to clean this shit up. And I was oh, so mad. Yeah, fuck. And then, then, of course, coming back, I have the cart sideways so it doesn't move. And I take it right and it nearly takes out the side window because it slid back. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I, I just took it out of the van. I put it in. I said, you know what? Take this fucking thing away from me. I'm sick of using this goddamn cart. Somebody bring me a small cart now. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, like, why the fuck would they even give you that sort of cart?
0: Honestly, it was the only cart we had. All the other carts were in use. Huh. Yeah. Although, I will tell one more story. And I had to work last night. I didn't get a chance to watch the Super Bowl. So, I was at work, and I see a kid. I'm not sure what country he comes from. He might be from Canada, for all I know. He was wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey.
1: Oh, no.
0: Yeah. So I just looked at him and I went, so, uh, what kind of bet did you lose not to, to wear that jersey, bud? And he goes, oh, yeah, like I haven't heard that one before. And he goes, yeah, you know, you just wear the jersey of a good team. And I started laughing. I'm like, oh, sorry, you were serious? And I'm just like, really? Montreal's not a good team? Like, did you not see all the trades that Montreal has made to ruin that team? And he's like, well, what team do you cheer for? I said, I cheer for the Senators. Sure, our GM might not uh, trade everybody away, but they wait until ownership pisses them off until they
1: leave. <laughs> oh, that kid. I know.
0: Jeez. Yeah. So he deserved it. He really did, even though it was a Mike Camilleri jersey. And I like Mike Camilleri, so. Yeah, yeah. But still. I don't regret it. No. No. So let's go into last week's episode, Tim. Do you get a chance to listen to it at all?
1: Yeah. We really didn't talk about hockey. No,
0: we really didn't. It, <laughs> I think from just a non-hockey episode that it really was, I was... Oh, God. It was so funny. I was just like... I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, why did Tim let me do this stuff? <laughs> like the XFL promo oh, The I, XFL promo
1: is great That
0: was awesome I wrote that up in like 10 minutes After watching Vince McMahon do it for like 5-6 times Trying to get his speech pattern down
1: Well then again We did the Watch him a promo The episode before it uh, Why am I blanking on Ric Flair Ric Flair Oh
0: um Yeah the promo that it made you do yeah i think that was episode 16 i think yeah yeah season one episode 16
1: you know because i'm always about fun
0: yes you are tim
1: uh but i guess the other thing is like how did we let me spend like 12 like 12 or 15 minutes talking about riding on the goddamn ttc
0: because honestly we didn't have enough hockey talk to really (laughs) do a full episode on it man
1: Really, we should have just recorded all of that talk about shit shitposting.
0: Oh my god, that was so amazing. The ideas <laughs> that we had, and we spent like, what, 45 minutes on that? Yeah. Why was that not the episode? That would have been much more entertaining to listen to.
1: That, uh, do you want to talk about this hockey game? Uh, not really.
0: No. Uh... Well, but then again, Tim, in our defense, we both had busy weeks. We didn't really have a chance to watch any of the games.
1: And that St. Louis game was just... Boring.
0: Oh, uh, sorry. One thing I didn't mention when I was giving the shout-outs. we got to give a shout-out to at Melnick out Dewey. Now, I was talking <laughs> to... Listen, now, he listen here, man. So, I was talking to her on Twitter, and she was going for the New England Patriots, and she's going, yeah, go Patriots. So, I sent on our Twitter page, at Third Line Plug, and unfollowing at Melnick Dewey, and she was, but, but, but what? But go, go Pats. I'm, thinking, I'm sorry. Our co-host is a Seahawks fan. He's still haunted by Super Bowl 49.
1: Oh, I I remember watching that one, too. And just, like, the fact that they went to throw it was surprising.
0: But you know what, Tim? The thing is it with that. It makes sense. It does. But the thing is, if you go back and watch that, the Patriots had stopped Marshawn Lynch in the red zone four times in that game. Mm-hmm. So what would have happened Lift. if they stopped him a fifth time? They would have said, well, why didn't Russell Wilson throw it?
1: Oh, for sure.
0: So I don't blame like, Russell Wilson for that, man. He was doing what he felt was necessary to win
1: Yeah, and like the other thing is, sometimes you have to go for the unorthodox play because everyone was expecting a pass to Marshawn Lynch.
0: Yeah, absolutely, so, probably, and that's yeah. what we did all. Or we that's what the Seahawks did all season. They gave it to Marshawn Lynch, and he scored numbers touchdowns. Hmm. I miss Marshawn Lynch.
1: I do, too. He's just here not to get sued.
0: I'm just here so I don't get fined. (laughs) But you know what won't get us fined, Tim? Seguing into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour.
1: Hey, hockey talk. Yeah.
0: Okay, so two things that we didn't talk about on last week's episode... Uh, The Ottawa Senators claimed Magnus PRV off waivers from the St. Louis Blues. PRV had 45 goals, 52 assists for 98 points in 352 games with the Edmonton Oilers and St. Louis Blues. PRV was drafted 10th overall by the Edmonton Oilers in 2009. And not to be outdone, the Calgary Flames. They have also waived Yarmou Yager with the purpose of terminating his contract. Yager signed a one-year deal with Calgary on October 4th where he had one goal for six assists in 22 games. Yager is set to return to Europe to play for HC Kaladno. I think it's Kaladno in uh, Czech Republic. Yeah. Which Yager Yager is part owner.
1: <coughs> honestly, this that... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you okay there? I'm dying a little. But, uh. Hey, honestly, hey I'm sin. the one
0: that had to do the Eagles chant, man. I should be the one yeah, dying no right now.
1: But, uh, honestly, the Sens should have picked up, uh, should have picked up Yager and left PRV in the Blues organization.
0: Although, to be perfectly honest, in the couple of games we have to talk about tonight, PRV wasn't completely invisible out there. He seemed like he was doing okay at best. I mean, he's a better pickup than Gabriel Dumont has turned out to be for us. Well, that's not hard. No, I mean, that's not saying much, but still... He's a big body with some speed. He's sort of like. Sort of like a Jakob Silverberg in a way. Mm hmm. Except not as good. God, I For miss sure. Jakob Silverberg. So, Tim, I never thought that we'd have another episode where we have to talk about a death. Now, this one sort of came right out of left field because Robert Locke. Robert Larson, father of Edmonton Oilers defenseman Adam Larson, passed away at age 50 while visiting his son in Edmonton. Robert, although was drafted 112th overall by the Los Angeles Kings in 1988, spent 10 seasons playing with Scalafia AIK between 1985 and 1996. Now, at the time of this, there was no official ruling for his death. And the one thing that i got to give the Oilers credit for is that they asked the reporters to not mention it when they did their pregame scrums that they do.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's like the absolute bare minimum that they could do. Although, I don't know, I guess I just have such a low opinion of the Edmonton media that I wouldn't be surprised they'd ask it and then bitch about it when he wouldn't talk.
0: Yeah, but you know what? You got to give them credit that
1: they didn't ask, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I just really have a low opinion of like Mark Spector and Jim Matheson's of the world. Right. And Ryan Rashaw blowing up at Al Montoya was pretty f- stupid too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty dumb. Well, Tim. Yeah, speaking like... of people, sorry, Tim. Speaking of people who a lot of fans don't have a high opinion of, Eugene Melnick's in the news this week.
1: Oh boy.
0: Sens owner Eugene Melnick did an interview with the Canadian Press, where he stated that despite his earlier comments made regarding possibility regarding the possibility of relocating the Ottawa Senators, he has no plans to relocate the team and remains committed to winning a Stanley Cup. This interview came days after the Lebreton Flats redele- redevelopment. ...got approved. Okay, well first of all... ...there's three things that I want to point out. Number one, he did this interview in Toronto. Number two, like I mentioned... ...this came days after... ...the Le Breton Flats... ...redevelopment plan got approved. And three... ...well look at him trying to be nice to the fans now... ...after the fans wanted him... ...courted and hung at... ...high noon on Parliament Hill...
1: Yeah, you have to wonder like who the hell is PR guy is. Well, wait, sorry, no, never mind. He can't afford one. But uh Yeah, like a lot of this is just ill advised and it came from it came from him just uh open his mouth when he really didn't have to back in the I Wonder Game. The alumni game, and it was so bad that even Gary Bettman had to come and defuse the fire.
0: Honestly, yeah. I think the reason why he's doing this is because it must have been somebody, either from the NHL or the run group, telling Melnick, it says, okay, we got this approved. You need to, A, you need to shut the hell up, and you need to stop running your fucking mouth because we have this development that you have no choice. This thing is getting built, whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, and if you can't afford it, sell.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Jeff Hunt, he's in Ottawa. He fucking owns every other team in that city.
1: Or even Demaray. Uh, Andrew Demaray owns a bunch of shit in Ottawa as well.
0: Daniel Robertson by the team! Yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's. Uh, Help us, Alfie! Build... I think there's two buildings named after him on the U Ottawa campus. Oh, uh, yeah? But uh, yeah, like uh, I think the consensus on Twitter was, uh, and among the fandom in general, was too. It was way too little, and a bit too late. But I guess uh, we're stuck with them for now. So. Yeah,
0: honestly, I really put no stock into that because you know what? As a fan, like I'm. I'm sorry. Like Eugene Melnick has completely ruined even any kind of support he would have had from any of the fans. So I don't trust him. I don't support Eugene Melnick. And as, like uh, as Sens fans, like... We're, we are stuck with him. And I'm glad that we're now finally getting a brand new downtown arena. But still, like, look, like we've said here in the show, if you don't want to own this team, sell it. There's people out there that would buy it off you in a heartbeat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, and then he went and made an Alfie, sorry, a Carlson trade comment on top of that, and it was like, "Oh, you blew it, you blew it." (sighs) Ah, what a guy.
0: Yeah, let's get on to some good news though. Nashville Predators forward Mike Fisher has returned. Hey, Mike Fisher has returned to the NHL after a six-month retirement. Like a fucking idiot that I am, I totally blew it. I forgot to put this in top of the hour until I remembered it yesterday. I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't put that in top of the hour. All right, fuck it, I'll just put it in there. Now, look, I don't want to start any rumors, but as you know, Tim, I was at the alumni game. I saw Mike Fisher. I gave him a fist bump. Don't want to stir any rumors, but I inspired him. You're all welcome.
1: (laughs) It's all you.
0: Yeah, it's all this guy. You're all welcome, everybody
1: rub it in that alumni game more ain't ya yes yes I had a nice potato croquette from the local Korean bakery it was good I enjoyed it
0: good for you <laughs> Let's go into the next story. New Jersey Devils forward Taylor Hall has been fined $5,000 after he boarded Buffalo Sabres forward Kyle Okposo. The punishment is the maximum allowable under the CBA. Honestly, I didn't see the the video, so I have really no comment on the hit in general. But I do understand Taylor Hall is not a repeat offender, so the fine is okay with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it's. Uh... It's not the hit that's been circulating in the NHL lately, and definitely one we'll be talking about next week on Top of the Hour. Oh, for is, sure. Uh, yeah, it was the Philip Forsberg hit. Yeah, that's a shame, man. Mm-hmm. Philip
0: Forsberg, that guy's an incredible player. What the hell was Washington thinking trading him away?
1: Uh, They were... Was it Adam... Who was the GM at that point? It wasn't still McPhee, was it? Yeah, it was. It was McPhee.
0: Yeah, because remember, he traded him for Martin Erat.
1: Yeah. Uh, God knows. Yeah. Yet so somehow a, McPhee was able to build the Golden Knights, so.
0: Yeah, who became the, correct me if I'm wrong, they're the, they have the record now for most wins for an expansion team.
1: Yeah, in any North American sport.
0: Fuck, like, they're really wanting us to buy some Golden night jerseys now, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I guess it just that... goes to show that any GM can make a boneheaded move.
0: Yep. Yeah, I know our GM has done that a couple of times. Yeah. But that's not here, there, anywhere. So, Tim, as you know, Bill Let's Talk happened this past week, and we have two stories to talk about regarding this. TSM released an original piece regarding former Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Paul Ranger, who in 2009 requested a leave of absence, which lasted three seasons. And the original piece goes into his struggle with severe depression. Now, did you get a chance to listen? No, listen. Did you get a chance to watch the video in question?
1: I watched a bit of it, but it was just, it was tough.
0: It was. And you know what? I'm really glad that these hockey players are now finally coming out. And the stigma of mental health. I'm not saying it's fully gone away, but it's starting to go away more and more as, the ti- as time goes on with all of these players like Paul Ranger and these NHL enforcers who have come out with their depression stories. And then you have Patrick O'Sullivan who came out with his story
1: a few years back. Hmm. Or Theo Flurry, the whole Theo Flurry saga.
0: Oh my god, yeah, that was some pretty dark stuff.
1: Well, I feel like that might have been a watershed moment.
0: <clears throat> oh, for sure. Did you ever watch that documentary on Theo Fleury playing with fire?
1: No, but I've seen snippets of it and just describing like the type of abuse that uh, Theo Fleury was subject to was it's pretty brutal.
0: Honestly, definitely give it a, get, definitely check it out because it is worthwhile watching. It essentially is just his book in visual form, but I'm really glad that he's done it, and when you watch some of his interviews on that, you could definitely tell how he would rub people the wrong way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And definitely the lady who wrote the book said that too in the documentary. He goes, you know, uh, the fans love him, and he has all these points, but he's burned a lot of people, and that's why he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame today.
1: Yeah, do you think that's the only reason? Well, I guess he was like a high-performing player brought Cal... Brought Stanley Cups back home, which is usually a criterion for a Hall of Fame career. But, yeah, you have to wonder if there's a bit of shit. Like, not only is uh, Theo Fleury robbing people the wrong way, one of the reasons, but it's the NHL is afraid to have a player who was sexually abused just because he, by playing, was put in a place to be sexually abused by playing minor hockey is a point of shame they don't want to acknowledge
0: yeah, well, the same with Sheldon Kennedy, right? When he first came out in the 1990s about it with the same coach.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's just they don't want to talk.
0: No, they don't. So we have one Wait. more story to talk about here on Top of the Error, and I mentioned it. Uh, Patrick Sull- Patrick O'Sullivan, he quote-tweeted a tweet from his former employer, the Edmonton Oilers. The tweet was regarding Bell Let's Talk. His quote... Tweet read, I hope you guys are different now than when I asked for help and never got it. Tweets are easy. How's that for some truth? Hashtag Bell Let's Talk. My DMs are open and I'll help anyone I can find the help. I eventually found.
1: Now ain't that the, that's the thing and I guess that's one of my big criticisms of Bell Let's Talk Day is like, yeah talks cheap. In the immortal words of Samuel Jackson, talks cheap, motherfucker.
0: That's a good quote. I like that.
1: Yeah, but it's, and the thing is, these NHL teams are not known for being good for mental health. And uh, if you ever, like Patrick O'Sullivan's book is, like if you thought like even the Paul Ranger stuff was tough, Patrick O'Sullivan's book is brutal.
0: Oh, I know. And you were telling me about that. Some of the stories in that book were so graphic that you just had to put it down.
1: Yeah, like uh, talking about like his dad, beating the crap out of him or not feeding him because he didn't do well enough in a minor hockey game.
0: Yeah, that's fucking brutal, man. Yeah. So, Tim, like, let's talk a little bit about the Bell Let's Talk because the one thing that I feel that we pride ourselves here on the show is that I feel we're very candid here on Third Line Plug Sensecast with some of the stories we tell and just our feelings and our opinions on things. Uh, if you don't mind me to just Giving me a few minutes here because there's something that has been I never really talked about. I never really talked about it with you, nor have I talked about it here on the show. But since my late brother it would have been his 34th birthday last Saturday, I feel we have I have to bring this up. Uh, as some of you know, back in April 2014, my late brother was murdered in the Philippines. He gotten he was involved with a girl from the Philippines and. I'm not going to go into all the details about it, but legally by, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe in the Philippines, they don't recognize divorce. So legally she was still married and her husband ended up finding where my brother was staying and he ended up stabbing him to death. Oh Jesus. And you know, like that shook my family so bad. Like, that's something that we've never gotten over. It's something that, like, I've never been so upset in my life over anything than when my brother died. And, you know, and I su- I sunk really bad into depression for a good several months after my brother died because, like, you know, you don't know... Like, Here's the thing, though. If you know somebody for o- your entire life and they're gone, like, you can't tell me you're not going to feel something for that.
1: No, you really can't.
0: No, and so, like, the whole thing with Bell Let's Talk, I am glad that mental health and the stigma around it is leaving because, like, I suffered bad through that time, and I never asked anybody for help. I didn't seek help because I knew other people in my family, especially my stepmom, was struggling worse than I was. And you know what? Looking back, I I should have gone to see a therapist and a counselor because... I think I did more damage to myself than anything by not talking.
1: Yeah, and, uh, well, that's just so, like, that's a super common thing. Yeah. Especially when someone perceives someone else to be hurting worse. And, uh, honestly, if you feel like the time's still scarring, even checking in with a therapist now is not a bad idea. No. Like that's the big thing is like, well, the hardest thing is like a lot of people just don't even recognize they need help in the first place.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, like the hard, like the hardest thing is just recognizing it and then going.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, Tim, that wraps up top of the hour for this week. Now we're gonna head now before we head into the games, uh, we're just gonna take a really quick break here so I can regain my thoughts, and we will return to talk about the games. Coming right back. Hey, this is Adam from Welland, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to the Third Line
1: Plug SENScast.
0: Okay, guys, we are back here on the Third Line Plug SENScast. So, Tim, do you know what time it is?
1: Oh, I think I know what time it is.
0: It's time to start talking about some games. We've got three games on the schedule. we got the SENS versus the Hurricanes, SENS versus the Anaheim Ducks, and the Senators versus the Philadelphia Flyers. But before we do that, Tim... Let's hit the music. Time to play the
1: game. Time to play the game.
0: (laughs) All right, Tim, let's start talking about some games. Sen's first of the Hurricanes. This was a 2 1 Hurricanes victory. Sen's goals were scored by Jean Gabriel Pajot. Hurricanes' goals were scored by Sebastian Ajo and Victor Vitrask. Shots were 39 30 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina got off to a fast start that continued throughout the first period and it varied throughout the game. Ottawa was basically chasing the puck carrier for the first six to seven minutes of the game, but they eventually got it going and actually played a half-decent game for most of the game anyway. Uh, The one big note coming out of this game, Thomas Chabot and Colin White both celebrating their 21st birthday during this game. Thomas Chabot, I actually feel, played a pretty decent game, all things considered. One thing I got to mention though, why the fuck didn't these guys fly to Vegas after the game and get ripped up for two days and play guilty?
1: Yeah, like they're in one, they might as well go for it.
0: Exactly. You know, you could have been going to Vegas. Maybe. You know, maybe Drake takes you clubbing. Maybe you hang it with Tim. Well, I guess you're <laughs> in. I guess you're in Calgary. That doesn't really count.
1: Yeah. One nice thing about this game is uh, Thomas Shabbat ended up playing twenty minutes. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those minutes were with Cody Ceci.
0: Yeah, but, but you know what, though? In the upcoming games, though, he did play with Eric Carlson, and I thought he looked half Dino decent game. anyway.
1: Yeah. I'm actually always impressed with uh, Thomas Chabot's game. Uh, another center that I was really impressed with was uh, Chris DiDominico. and I'll be saying this a lot, even though Dito saw a team least nine minutes of ice, Uh, I felt like whenever Dito was on the ice, he was making a positive contribution. And uh, he got absolutely robbed by Cam Ward.
0: You know what? I thought both Cam Ward and Craig Anderson looked pretty solid in this game.
1: Oh, for sure. And if, like, uh, Craig Anderson had a 37 save game, which is downright solid. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at, man. No. I guess the one thing is, I wouldn't mind Christy Domenico getting more ice time.
0: Yeah, me too, but the thing is, when you look at the roster, I mean, you could pretty much do look at the roster and be like, okay, who could be sent down to the bottom six? Well, let's see, we got Nate Thompson, we've got Tom Pyatt, we've got, oh, that Gabriel Dumont fellow, he can be in the bottom six. But the thing I is, get- though, and this is what we should really bring up, is that with all these guys on the roster, like guys like Colin White are not going to get much of a chance up here. Yeah, and I can't remember which game it was this past week that he got his finally got his first point. Was it the Hurricane game or was it the? Uh,
1: no, it. I think Fires? it was the Philadelphia game.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: was it? No, he was on the ice so on the Philadelphia game. It might have actually been the Montreal game.
0: Okay. Uh, one more comment I do got to make from the Hurricanes game. Is it me or does the ice look really bad? Because players were just falling down left and right in the first period.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just Ottawa being bad at the game. Yeah.
0: Christ, if it was any more worse, it would have been the attendance.
1: Actually, interesting story. Like, that owner is trying his damnedest to just get people in the building. Did you see what what the offer they made to people who had tickets for that game was?
0: No. What was it?
1: Uh, If you got a ticket, come on down to the first bowl, fill in some seats. Why the hell not?
0: You know what? I actually made that point on Twitter. I said, why doesn't teams like Carolina, Florida, you know, these cities that can't sell it? Why don't this move, like, do what the WWE does. Move everybody into the lower bowl so it looks better on TV. Because if you ever watch, say, SmackDown or Monday Night Raw, you notice that the crowd looks pretty full from what the camera shows. But there's pictures online that show if you look behind it, there's just rows of empty seats. Mm-hmm. So they basically bring everybody from those rows. They move it into an area where they film it. And that's how it gives the aesthetic that looks full and looks big. Yeah. And
1: I guess like, I can understand like uh, people who bought seasons tickets at the beginning of the season, not being terribly happy that someone who bought cheapo tickets with the pizza, the free pizza coming with it is now sitting next to them. But I feel like the Carolina is a team that it really burnt any trust it had with its fans after kind of years of mediocrity.
0: Yeah, the last eight years that they haven't made the playoffs. Especially in a southern market. That's one thing you can't do. You go and ask Arizona. You go ask Florida. I I mean, I was going to say Dallas. But, I mean, their games look somewhat half full anyway sometimes.
1: Well, it's because Dallas is fun to watch.
0: That too, but even in the years when they weren't making the playoffs, though, they had pretty decent attendance, all things considered. Even though they weren't making the playoffs, they didn't exactly have the greatest team out there. And Dallas is very much known to be a cowboy city.
1: I guess it helps that the the Stars have won a cup.
0: Yeah, but that was in 1999. So sure, it was
1: 99, but at the same time... That makes the team seem more real.
0: Yeah, but you know what? The Carolina Hurricanes won one in 2006, and so look at their attendance to know.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fair.
0: Yeah. So do you have any more notes on the game, or should we go on to the um, next game?
1: Oh, uh, it's in... One thing I actually liked is uh, I think Bor... I I like Borvietzi's game. Like, he made a weird mistake and Or was it a fight or something? I can't quite remember, but uh, he ended up... Like, something wasn't going Borough's way, and then Andy came up and gave him a hug.
0: I think I remember that. It wasn't a fight for sure, but, yeah, I do recall that there was a play that Anderson did that for.
1: Yeah, and, like, generally speaking, though, I've been really happy with Borowiecki's, how Borviatsky's game has evolved over the last year.
0: Yeah, well, especially how he's been playing since he got back from injury, I felt has made a big, a pretty good, positive contribution to the Senators.
1: Mm-hmm. And one thing I've definitely no- I've noticed about Borowiecki is that uh, he's he's jumping in the play more.
0: Yeah, you can definitely tell he's much more confident. And even Cody C. in some of these games that we're going to be talking about tonight was jumping up in the play and trying to make some good plays out there.
1: And what's interesting uh, is that uh, Ottawa's shot, like Ottawa seems to get better shots with Borowiecki on the ice than they have with him off the ice, yeah. So he's definitely a positive, con- positive contributor, and I think, and he's definitely good at clearing out those, clearing out most of the prime scoring areas, right. So like, the team's definitely better with Borvietsky than it is without. Oh, for sure. And like Borvietsky he gets a lot of hate, but I, de- I think he makes this Ottawa so
0: surprisingly. He's been one of the more positive and brighter spots on this. Sense team this year.
1: We definitely has.
0: Yeah. Should we go on to the next game, Tim? Yeah. All right. The rematch of the 2007 finals. Anaheim Ducks versus the Ottawa Senators. This is a 2-1... to one... Wait. Wait, am I reading this right? 2-1 to one Sens overtime victory? Hey! Did we actually win a game? Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. We're not the no... The no wins per game sense cast anymore. Oh my god, we're finally the two points per sense cast again. Woo! Woo! Sense goals were scored by Bobby Ryan and Eric Carlson in overtime. ducks goals were scored by Ryan Kessler. Shots were 32-31 for the Ottawa Senators. A fast che- fast-paced ch- check-in game by both teams. Ottawa had a great played a had a really good team effort in this game with Mike Condon having a great game, making 30 saves. Anaheim also had a good game with Ryan Miller also having a great game as well. Now, a number of players look pretty good for the Ottawa Senators in this game. Uh, Cody Ceci, like I mentioned. Hoffman and Duchesne. That duo. Oh, God, that duo is awesome. And mm-hmm. Thomas Chabot. They, all four of those guys like really stood out for me in this game.
1: Yeah, especially on that power play.
0: Oh, my God, I know. Just the, some of the give-and-go plays that Duchesne and Hoffman are making. And oh, then you wanna were... trade Hoffman? Are you fucking watching this guy play with Duchesne? This no, is beautiful yeah, out there. Fuck.
1: But uh Well even like early in the first period, just watch it watching Duchesne just work through the Anaheim de- defense was just something to watch.
0: Oh I know, it was so good.
1: Yeah, like he got stoned by Miller a few times and then uh when him and Carlson finally broke through. Ooh, that was nice.
0: I know. Isn't it crazy, eh? With all the trade rumors of Mike Hoffman, Hoffman's play actually got better. Yeah. Do you think he's actually playing desperate now? He's just like, oh shit, I actually got to play decent, Leo, because there's a possibility I might be traded out of town.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: So one comment I do got to make. Now, did you see that two Anaheim Duck fans got engaged during a TV timeout?
1: Oh, with the guy wearing the Solani jersey?
0: Yeah, actually, I gotta admit, I don't care what anybody says about those jerseys. I love those old duck jerseys.
1: Yeah, they're so 90s.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, I don't know who decided that Eggplant and Teal would go together. Like, it's such a weird combination, and yet it works somehow. Especially with that stupid duck logo. I don't I don't know. <laughs> There's something so cool about it. Like, I got a Paul Korea one in my closet right now. Nice.
1: Yeah, I'd wear the hell out of one of those. Oh,
0: yeah. Actually, what do you think of the old San Jose Sharks jerseys? I think those are pretty cool, too. Teal and... Like the old teal ones? Yeah, like the old teal, black, and silver. I don't know who decided that
1: would ever work, but it did. The 90s were a weird time, dude.
0: Yeah, I remember the Islanders with their uh, fish stick jerseys, and L.A. with the Burger King jerseys. Boston Uh, with the bear head. Yeah, but I mean, Vancouver had some pretty fucking ugly jerseys.
1: I don't understand why. Like, I guess things worked out when they had the Orca logo. That's not too bad.
0: Actually, a lot of people don't really like that logo. And I was like, "I there's nothing wrong with that logo.
1: It's a lot better than some, uh, the other Vancouver logos that have uh, occurred over the years. Like, Stick and Square.
0: Hey, you leave the Stick and Square out of this. That is a beautiful logo.
1: It's... It, what does it actually say about Vancouver?
0: So one Stick thing I square. noticed in this game one thing <laughs> I noticed in this game is that after Ottawa took a 1-0 lead, the Senators took their foot off the gas. And that's how the Ducks got back into it.
1: Oh, and yeah, like in the last, like after Ryan disappeared.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to him, I didn't read anything about that. And injury. Ugh, again?
1: yeah
0: okay can we get him some better gloves i don't know maybe put boxing gloves on him, or do what the knights do with like with the big the whole armor thing on his arm
1: fuck if i know fuck but sakes, yeah, if he gets injured,
0: injured anymore he's gonna become robocop oh i'd be fine with ryan Cop. No, Cop. okay we <laughs> gotta come up with a cool nickname for bobby yeah. right if that happens
1: I think Ryan Copp is pretty good. Um, but god damn the like the whole sequence on the Kessler goal and the fact that Ottawa didn't even have a shot in the last 5 minutes of the game was pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, it was pretty
1: We have to talk about Nate Thompson.
0: Do we really have to?
1: Did you see the play? Yes. Did he have to ice that puck? No. What did he do?
0: He did something
1: bad. He iced the puck. But goddamn, did we get at the very least? Even it was a terrible play, and Nate Thompson should Nate Thompson was a terrible pickup that hopefully they can get rid of at the deadline. But we did get a beautiful Carlson goal out of that. Oh my god, it was so good. Oh, so awesome! Yeah, like it is six hundred game. He's like he proved the haters wrong. Ah, boy, Eric. Like, yeah, I really don't get the trick. Like, I don't, I don't get trade Hoffman. I really don't get trade Carlson.
0: No, I don't get it either because it's like back in the eighties when the Oilers traded Gretzky. You will never get. An equal trade value for that kind of player.
1: Well, even think about like even a less extreme example. Uh, when Anaheim traded Pronger, they didn't get value back. When Edmonton got rid of both Hull and Eberle, they didn't get the value back. No, not at no, not at all. No, uh, you will net, you will never get value back for those massive trades. Oh, absolutely not, man. Hell, even soup, they didn't get that. Va- Montreal didn't get value back for Subban.
0: Drew didn't get any value for him. I
1: don't know. Sergachev has been better. Sergachev has more points than Drew this season.
0: Sergachev, if had he not been injured, he would have been one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, Sergachev is a stud. Same with
0: God uh, Brock Besser in Vancouver. Had he not get injured, I think he would have given Matthew Barzell a run for his money.
1: Oh, for the Barzell. God, sure, looked terrible.
0: Let's be honest, man. If Thomas Chabot had been with the team full year had, and he'd been playing on like this, do you think he would have been a nominee for Rookie of the Year?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, Shabbat is easily one of Ottawa's top three defense... Probably, I'd probably say he's Ottawa's second best defenseman.
0: Oh, that's not even a hesitation. He's easily our second best defenseman on the team.
1: Yeah, because, like, this is sad, but my rankings are probably it goes: Carlson, Shabat, that's
0: everybody's Borwiecki,
1: ranking, Borvietsky, oh, Borvietsky, Oduya, Ooh. Uh, then a mix up of Clay, of uh, Freddie Clayson, Kosici, and Dion Fanuf at the bottom.
0: Okay, so I have no more it's notes for the Ducks game, D- Tim. That, yeah,
1: do you want it's to talk about sad. the
0: Flyers game, or are you? Um, Actually, you know, no, let's. Let me finish off your, uh, what you're saying there, Ben. Sorry for interrupting.
1: Uh, it's a little sad that Johnny Oduya is, like, the midpoint of Ottawa Senators' defense.
0: Yeah, you know something wrong when he's the mid- middle of the pack. Yeah.
1: God, when can we launch Cody CC into the sun?
0: Hopefully soon. Let's talk yeah. about the third and final game. Sens versus Flares. This is another win for the Senators! 4-3 Sands Holy shootout shit. victory. Sens goals are scored by Matt Duchesne, Derek Brizard Chris Domenico, and Mike Hoffman in the shootout. Oh, that <laughs> move, let me tell you, buddy. Flyers goals are scored by Sean Couturier, Scott La- LaFrenne, and second overall pick, Nolan Patrick. Shots were 36-29 for the Philadelphia Flyers. Matt Duchesne got the Sens on the board first after a give-and-go play with Mike Hoffman. There you go, Hoffman and Duchesne once again. Derek had made it 2-0 Senators after he kept whacking up the puck before it went in. Couturier scored to get Philly on the board after he was all alone on the side of the net to bury the wide-open chance. Di scored to make it 3-1 one one after he and Dezingle went in on a 2-1 on play. Scott Lawton tipped the point shot to make it 3-2. Second overall pick, Nolan Patrick, scored in the dying seconds to tie the game at 3. And Mike Hoffman, in the sixth round of the shootout, wins it for Otto with the Forsberg Special. Awesome. now i'm not gonna lie tim i mentioned it off the top i actually had to work late the night that this game happened so i had to watch the condensed version but i do uh-huh. understand that you watched the game so i'm gonna let you take the reins okay. and i will interject with a few notes i have
1: so what was interesting is first of all my first note here is uh game matinee games suck uh one thing that was huge is uh Philly was just the hungrier team for the first about 10 minutes of the game. Like, uh, they were just absolutely hemming in Ottawa. But at the same time, uh, Guy Boucher really didn't do Ottawa any favors by starting uh, Burroughs-Thompson, Burroughs-Thompson, Piat Pajot, sorry, not Pajot, uh, Cc, and Faneuf. Why would he do that to us? I don't know. He thinks that they're actually good at defense.
0: Honestly, is he just looking for a reason for
1: us to fire him? Oh, when we talk about the shoot, that's what the shootout was. Boy, I tell you. Um, honestly, uh, on that, on the first roll, sorry, that first goal by uh, Mac Duchesne, Yeah. Colin White was instrumental on that goal. Really? Yeah, like him and Odia. Great positioning to break up a play. Nice passing between them. Duchesne gets gets into a place where he can work, and then Duchesne does the rest. Nice. Like, just great work by those two overall on that goal. And I think Colin White had a really good game, and he actually it's a shame he only got to play 11 minutes, though. Because yeah. he looked really good on the wing with Hoffman and Duchesne.
0: Yeah, even the few games I've seen him within, with the Sens this season, I feel that they should give him more ice time.
1: Yeah, like, he... He's definitely a, he's top nine, even top six sort of guy already. And it gets clowns like uh, Paj, like Smith off the top line. Yeah. Who led all forwards in ice time.
0: How much time did he Zach play?
1: Smith had 19 minutes. Oh, for fuck's sakes. At least Cody Ceci didn't lead the senders in ice time for defensemen. He did that last game.
0: So, the couple of notes I have uh, the Duchesne Hoffman duo, deadly as usual. Craig Anderson looked pretty solid. Uh, from what I noticed, it, even though the Philadelphia Flyers upshot the Sens, it seemed like the Senators got all the bounces in this game.
1: They really did. Um, one thing that I. Re- like, uh, and the thing was, is Philadelphia was just. Hung- like, Philadelphia was on the board and they caught up because they were hungrier. And Cody CeCe's C- god awful, but what can we say? Cody CC, of course, was on ice for all three goals against.
0: Yeah, that's not really a surprise.
1: Yeah, the one, the other thing that was annoying was, uh, are you familiar with the term "parking the bus"?
0: I've heard about it. I'm not super familiar with the term, so please so elaborate on what that means.
1: So in uh, Europe, so in European football, uh. Parking the bus means that your team just stops trying any sort of offense and just clamps down defensively.
0: That's what we did in the gold medal game in the 2010 Olympics. After yeah, Canada that, that took would, the lead, we just stood on the blue line. It was just like, okay, yeah, try and come through us.
1: Yeah, that game went to overtime.
0: It did. Uh, one, like and one note one. I didn't mention during the Anaheim game was Ryan Miller's mask. Now, I don't know if you ever did this back in the day, playing NHL 10, but did you ever edit any of the players on the teams? Yeah, you can give them dumb masks. Yeah, do you ever notice that his mask kind of looks like a custom-made one from NHL 10?
1: No, but I remember I never bothered with the helmets because all the helmets looked stupid.
0: Yeah, fucking Ryan Miller's Max mask looks stupid in that. And I was just like, that just looks like a one of those EA custom mas- masks from the NHL games.
1: Well, isn't that what we were saying about the Vegas Golden Knights logo?
0: Yeah, I remember we were talking about that.
1: Yeah, um, I guess one other thing, an, another note is, uh, as much as I don't like the existence of the Oduya Carlson pairing, yeah, they actually played pretty well. Hmm, crazy. Yeah, they uh, total they whenever they're paired on the ice with uh, Gobspier and Provorov. They were getting the right end of that matchup, and uh, the goodest, Brandon Manning, was getting cut, was getting mauled as well. So it was good to see that. Um, yeah, but with the parking the bus, the Ottawa Senators, I think they managed, I don't think they managed very many shots in that third period. Let me get the exact No, I've lost the exact number. Let me just pull it up. Okay. I don't think they got more than three shots, though. Okay. Yeah, it was uh It was something. It was something. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, that ultimately led to the Sen- the Nolan Patrick goal in the final minute. Okay.
0: So Tim, do Let's you have any see. more notes or should we head into the close? Um, one second.
1: How many shots? Yeah, they got they got 3 shots in the third period compared to Philadelphia's 16. Oh for fuck's sakes. Yeah, um holy fuck that shootout.
0: I know, hate I just watched so, the highlights and I was just like, Hoffman. I like him. I like the move. Holy shit, what a move. So, uh,
1: here's the question, though. What number did Hoffman shoot at? Sixth round. Sixth round. Do you know who shot before him?
0: I'm going to say Pyatt. And? No, don't tell me, Dumont.
1: Dumont wasn't playing. Who's no. the next Pat? Who's the next Boucher boy? Oh,
0: I'm not Tom Payet.
1: Tom Pyatt shot before him.
0: <sighs> oh, uh, Payart got
1: a chance before him. D'Amicco got a chance, but I don't. I actually don't have a problem with D'Amicco. No, I like that. D'Amicco goal was fantastic, though. Nice, like absolutely fantastic. Like, yeah, the work between him and uh, Dezingle was just – like, they picked apart a bad defensive play and went to town. Excellent. But, like, no, this shootout order is nuts. Like, Matt Duchesne, then Eric Carlson. Number three, Tom Pyatt. Ugh. Number four, Christy Domenico. Number five, Derek Broussard. Number six, Mike Hoffman. So you take your leading winger and be like, ah, I'll leave him for sixth. Like, what is that? Like, what's funny is before the Hoffman shot, Craig Anderson blows a gasket.
0: <laughs> I didn't like, see that.
1: He just starts screaming at the bench. Really? Yeah, he's like, he's like yelling at him like, Uh, like, uh, the commentators thought he was, like, yelling, come on, guys, let's get going. I can't keep saving these all day. But part of me wants to say, coach, what the fuck are you doing? Put on a real shooter. That's
0: what I would have said.
1: Yeah, like, but uh, basically, and I think this is the correct opinion, is you have to wonder if uh, Guy Boucher realizes that he's out the door. Because from recent media comments, it's pretty clear that Eric Carlson doesn't care for Guy Boucher's leadership.
0: No, and he was like the first guy to buy into Boucher's system when he first came to Ottawa.
1: Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so you have to wonder if Guy Boucher has just tried to see how dumb of shit he can do before he gets fired.
0: Yeah, well, guess what, man? A lot of the coaches have done that in the past.
1: Yeah really have to wonder yep but uh I don't know it's a shame I like Guy Boucher but he can't adapt for sure and it's killed him every time he's coached in the NHL
0: all right so should we head into the close, Tim for another night sounds good all right first of all guys thank you so much for listening to the third line plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoy it because believe me Tim and I love recording them for you you can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Sensecast. Because our bot Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter. At ThirdLinePlug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901HoneyBadger. I am at GreatWhiteGipster. G-R-A-T-W-I-T-E. Gipster, if you want to shoot us an email to talk about Bell Let's Talk, how Guy Boucher is an absolute idiot for making Hoffman shoot 6th, or you still can't believe Ottawa won two games this week. Shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecasts at gmail.com. All right, Tim. I realize
1: so, what we meant to talk about this week.
0: For sure. All right, Tim's so,
1: theory of the Ottawa Senators.
0: We will save that for next week, Tim. So, Damn it. the four games that we've got to talk about. Last night's game versus the Montreal Canadiens. Tuesday's game versus the New Jersey Devils. Thursday's game versus Kyle Turris and the Nashville Predators, and Saturday, the fourth and final round between the Battle of Ontario, this time in Toronto. Oh, no. Now, before we'll we close it up for another night, Tim, I just want to say uh, we got to give a shout out to our bud, Adam, for sending in the promo, which we have included here on the show tonight. Thanks, bud. Nice. Yeah. Until next week, Tim. I am your host, Taylor Gibson.
1: Yeah, this has been Tim Genzy.
0: Go Sens, guys. My time, it is up. They're going home.